Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host this evening. And at the moment... It's going to be a solo show, but uh, we'll see if any of the boys uh, do uh, join me. Looking at what we're going to talk about this evening, then, obviously, we've got all the international action from the weekend, um, as well as uh, some uh, Bunnings NPC um, action um, as well. Uh, we'll run uh, the uh, Mile Pacifica have continued announcing players, so we should have a quick look at that. Uh, the uh, it's not only been men's action, but we also had women's action on the international side of things. So we'll have a chat um, about that as well. Um, and then uh, head injuries um, have also definitely um, made themselves a, a big part of the news uh, in this uh, last week or so. Uh, just uh, cracking open a beer um, whilst we're talking about this uh, uh, on a uh, nice orange can. Um, this evening, for those of you, let's describe for those of you who are listening rather than reviewing, I'm uh, brewing, brewing um, dry hopped pilsner. There we go. Not sponsored, um, but um, a, a good deal at the supermarket. Um, so uh, I guess let's uh, just crack on um, through uh, the <laughs> and uh, look more. Uh, Nocturnal Rights Live Chat said, Howdy Paul, seems a while now. Um, yeah, it does. I get it, does really, doesn't it? Um, but we were here last week. Um, at um, at uh, eight pm on a Tuesday, we're here every week with the Drive More Show um, at eight pm. Uh, what we have, what I haven't been doing for the last week is the uh, five pm um, lockdown of beers, which I was doing daily. Uh, now, uh, unfortunately, from a uh, podcasting or live stream point of view, um, I have a, a new venture that I'm trying to get going called Kia Play, um, which is making children's toys. Um, and selling them online, so that has been taking up a, a lot of my time um, and involved a lot of travel, a lot of the, the driving uh, for me around uh, getting materials and uh, being at my uh, business partner's uh, place and stuff. So, um, as uh, that has really been very disruptive for the past week or so, so I'm unfortunately sorry, folks. There hasn't been um, that uh, that show. Um, but uh, look, we are we, we are here. Uh, also, had my girls at the weekend, so I, I didn't watch many of the games live, so I didn't do any post match reactions. But I think this coming weekend, where we've got some cracking games coming up, um, we should definitely do some um, 
post-match reactions um, to the games because we do have um, some biggies, um, let's be honest, uh, this weekend with um, Ireland versus uh, New Zealand, England, Australia. Um, two games uh, uh, for uh, for certain um, that um, really uh, probably could do with some post-match um, reaction. Also, Scotland versus South Africa as well, actually. So three really kind of big games there that I think all could do with some uh, post-match reaction. We probably should have done, done some this weekend um, around uh, Australia versus... Um, Sorry, Scotland versus Australia and Wales versus South Africa um, as well. Um, but um, let's uh, have a having a, let's yeah quickly go through some of the stuff from the weekend. So um, Ireland obviously um, beat some. Um, well, obviously Ireland did um, beat some um, Japan um, sixty to five um, in that one. Look, a big win for Japan uh, for, for for Ireland. Um, really looked pretty slick, particularly in that first half. Um, uh, but um, you've also got to say it really does feel like Japan has um, slipped back somewhat um, from uh, where it was at the Rugby World Cup. One of those teams that um, seems to do pretty well when they've had a big block of training um, together, um, Argentina, another team that um, uh, seems to be particularly good in that uh, kind of way as well. Um, and we'll get on to them in a second. But um, yeah, it really does feel that Japan have been impacted by uh, this uh, COVID um, side, uh, side of things a lot more than some of the other countries in that one. Um, look, the uh, All Blacks um, beat um, uh, Italy uh, 9.47. Uh, look, not a, not a great performance by the All Blacks, but uh, look, that's us this was a totally um, second string side. But then again, they did rack up 100 points um, against uh, the USA with uh, a pretty similar side. So uh, you got to say, yeah, look, well done to the uh, to, to Italy keeping it, keeping uh, the All Blacks out for that first 20 minutes. Also, the All Blacks were, I say, disjointed. A lot of changes from last weekend. Um, I wouldn't take much from this game uh, when looking forward to the next two games, in all honesty, folks. Uh, we're looking at another 17 or so changes um, looking forwards uh, on that one. Um, we should also, actually, sorry, I need to wind back a bit to... Um, Ireland versus Japan. Uh, and look, at the beginning of that game, we had a pitch invader, didn't we? Yes, um, uh, Jarbo, or whatever his name is, uh, that uh, guy came on in his um, uh, Japanese kit. Look, uh, it's not funny anymore. Um, well, as we saw, as we'll talk about later in another game, uh, pitch invader, invaders are a real problem. Uh, and uh, look, uh, he really needs to be getting some um, serious bans and fines um, to stop this kind of stuff. It doesn't help when you've got some of the laddish um, podcasts having him on saying, oh, how funny you are. Um, no, it's not funny anymore. It's a bit mildly funny initially um, when uh, did it at the end for, for the, uh, in, in the cricket for the first time. Um, but uh, look, it really is beyond a joke now uh, and uh, move on uh, and stop it. It's uh, really not a good move um, at all. So um, that's what I'm going to say about him. You won't be seeing me uh, sort of giving him any airtime on Twitter or that kind of stuff because I think it's, uh, yeah, just bad. Um, on that one. Um, Fiji, look, got a good win over um, uh, Spain, 40, uh, 13 to 43. Um, clearly more difficult games to come um, with Wales up next weekend. But uh, look, um, a good morale boosting win. Uh, good to see, it's good for them to get that run out, uh, to clear some of the cobwebs and to have a preparation game ahead of tier one games, which they rarely get. So I think so perhaps uh, one of the better tours um, being lined up for Fiji, even if 
um, the unfortunately obviously they don't have their uh, their, their full setup because the uh, coaches haven't travelled um, and so it's a makeshift coaching team uh, and also there are none of the southern hemisphere based players involved so um, only European based players so one of those ones um, that um, uh, that uh, that uh, say look good start for them. Um, Portugal beat Canada 22-17. Um, now, I put out the tweet saying that um, I think that this showed how far Canada had dropped. And people say, look, Paul, it's not a shock. And I agree, this isn't a shock. I backed Portugal to win by three, and they did. Um, so, um, uh, yes, Ed, but this does show Canada, the team that has been at every single Rugby World Cup um, so far. They've obviously not, they, they failed to qualify for the next one in 2023. But they have been at every single World Cup so far. Portugal have only been to one Rugby World Cup. To give you the kind of, yes, they're both tier two nations, but to give you a um, an idea as to the um, different um, kind of levels within tier two, uh, this is one that Canada in the past would have expected to win. Um, but they really have slipped back. Um, Portugal um, heading in the, uh, the right direction. It's good to see teams like Portugal, like Spain, who are in that second tier, of uh, European competitions, along with uh, um, Georgia, Romania, etc., um, getting gains in this um, uh, in this window and getting games that where they can be competitive, where they can actually learn something from it, rather than just getting an absolute drubbing um, against um, uh, tier two ones. But um, Simon lets me know that so uh, yeah, Portugal scored in the last minute. Um, he has, um, I, I'll be honest, he has will have seen a lot more rugby than I have over this last weekend. Um, but um, yes, yeah, so well done to Portugal. Uh, as I say, um, up and coming um, Canada, to me, uh, look in, in some real trouble. They did say at the last rugby world, the, the last rugby workshop cycle, they hadn't, they didn't make Japan that their their loss of rugby world of world rugby funding could mean that they would go under. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Canadian rugby over the uh, next four or so years, as they might miss out, or they probably will get less world rugby funding. Um, because of their lower status and having not made um, the um, Rugby World Cup. Um, England beat Tonga. No big surprise there. Um, 69-3. Look, well done, Tonga. Turning up. Um, or they always turn up and, and, and uh, are there for these games. So great to see them doing that. Um, again, um, I, I'm honest, I've not watched this one Um so I'm not sure what we kind of really learn from this one. Uh, that's a good hit out for England um, ahead of harder games um, coming up for them. Um, but so look, Tonga, uh, keep turning up uh, and let's hope that they uh, get more recognition for and uh, for doing this, for, 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 for keeping on turning up. Because it's, it's uh, we do obviously need teams to play um, at the end of the day. Uh, and uh, they could very easily have uh, pulled out of this uh, Northern Hemisphere tour especially with um, Farrell having a positive COVID um, test. Now, um, the uh, it's turned out to be a false positive, and he is back and available for the um, uh, for, for England for the rest of the, the, the series. Uh, but look, COVID is still a uh, yeah, very present thing in Europe. Yes, we are seeing um, full stadiums, but um, there are also a lot of people with COVID, a lot of people dying with COVID still um, over there. So, um, the uh, so yeah, you've got to say that um, uh, that you've that, that yeah, that would be uh, that, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Farrell is the last if Farrell isn't the last person uh, to have to drop out with COVID. Actually, uh, one of the last places as well, didn't he? 
um, I think. So, look, so a couple of players who have done, um, and let's just hope no one gets it seriously, uh, like we saw with Georgia in South Africa um, during the uh, uh, during the mid-year uh, touring window. So, um, with that one, uh, narrow win for South Africa um, over Wales um, in that one. Um uh, which um, look uh, a really good turnaround for, um, for for Wales with this one. Yes, they got a couple of players back, such as bigger um, Lewis Reece Summit, but they lost Alwyn Jones as well to injury. So um, I, I don't think you can put this down to a couple of extra players back from England. Um, I think this is Wales. And uh, look, historically they have started um, these uh, November windows and Six Nations slowly, uh, and but that I mean obviously that was under Gatland rather than under um, oh, Pivak. But um, uh, look, so look, good turnover from Wales. Really stepped up their their, their level in that one, um, and uh, up against uh, the world champions will be um, uh, well, obviously not happy that they lost um, in this one, uh, eighteen to twenty three. Uh, but um, look, at least they look they are much more competitive and they're say, heading in the right direction um, for Wales um, with that one. Um, as um, uh, was. Uh, Mentioned further up in the, uh, the the chat by Nocturnal Rights, um, France versus Argentina was a good game. Uh, and look, the um, Pumas played as, as, uh, a lot better um, in this one um, because you've, um, uh, which, which, which is good to see because obviously they didn't have a very, well, they had a, an abysmal um, rugby championship, losing all six games, not even picking up a uh, losing bonus point. So uh, look, had a really poor um, uh uh, rugby championships are look looking a bit better um, against uh, against France, uh, which was um, good to see. Uh, it's been a long all whole old haul um, for the um, uh, for the for the, for the Los Pumas, uh, and um, even though some did have to go back and play uh, club rugby between the rugby championship and these games as well, so it's not like they've had full um, perfect preparation um, heading in to uh, to this one. But um, good to see them being much more competitive in that one but I think France always looks the better team um but uh, just uh, but to say um Argentina uh, hanging on in there um in that one um finally um on Monday night in the um early hours we had Scotland um versus uh, Australia um half time only 7-3 um in that one um with um Alatoa getting a, a yellow card uh, in this one um so not a not a not a not a high scoring um, affair by um, any stretch of uh, the imagination. Um, but uh, look, uh, Australia did get back in front just after half time, but um, Scotland got back uh, uh, back in front again and kept their their uh, uh, and uh, saw themselves through with a with a, uh, a Russell penalty um, at the end there. Um, a close one, obviously, um, in that one. So, um, but um, uh, well done to Scotland in that win over Australia. That's a massive morale boost for them. Let's remember Australia on a five-game winning streak coming into uh, this one um, after um, all of that, um, uh, 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 after some, some good games against um, South Africa in there, uh, obviously two wins over Georgia and also that win over France um, as well. So um, looking at Nocturne, uh, uh, injury and unavailability a bit of an, um, have hit the, uh, the Aussies a little in this one. Yes, and I think that's what we've got to actually be aware of here is, is how much this Australian team uh, or how disrupted this Australian team was coming into this game. Um, you've got um, 
um, Arnold and Skelton coming in, and clearly they've had about a week preparation with the team uh, in there. James O'Connor at 10, he's been injured for the rest of the international season. So he's not played since, uh, since what, June, July's time? Or June, I think it was, uh, in Super Rugby. So again, little or no preparation coming into this one. Um, Karevi was in at 12. He's also gone um, uh, from, from there. Uh, they've lost um, Hodge as well as Banks. They're two fullbacks, so that's also, they've both gone. Um, so a lot of this continuity uh, that um, Dave Rennie was building up in this team uh, has kind of uh, disappeared ahead of this game. Also, Karevi of, on the wing, uh, another person uh, to be missing out as well. So quite a lot of changes uh, in this team um, compared to that that went through the championship and did so well in those uh, the, the final four games there. Um, uh, and you've got, so yeah, so it is that, um, uh, uh, yeah, so you're, you're quite right. Um, the A lot of changes there. Um, Karevi is a major loss, he is, but I think also that fact of, yeah, look, having Arnold and Skelton back with two quality players, true, but they're just not, they just don't know the systems. They've not been part of the Australian setup for, for a long time now, um, particularly Skelton. Um, so it doesn't matter. So uh, things like line outs and stuff would have been, uh, yeah, cobbled together at the last minute. So um, the, uh, yeah, it's actually a quite a disrupted team, or probably the most disrupted team, Australian team we've seen for, for, for this year at least. Uh, going into this game. So it probably should bear that in mind um, with that result. But still, um, good for Scotland to get that win um, there over, over, over Australia. Um, looking forward then to um, this coming weekend's games, um, we've uh, got um, Belgium versus Canada. Um, so another um, good game for Belgium there. Again, they're in that second tier of European teams um, up against um, uh, up against uh, Canada. Um, Scotland take on South Africa, which would be a cracking one. That's at 2 a.m. Uh, on um, Sunday morning in New Zealand time. Um, as I haven't got my daughters this weekend, I will be trying to get up um, for that one. That, that's going to be good. At the same time, Italy versus Argentina uh, in that one. Um, one that I'm less interested in, let's be honest. Uh, you'd expect Argentina to pick up that, um, that win. Um, at four o'clock, we've got the French Barbarians taking on Tonga. Doesn't look like that's on Sky here in New Zealand, um, but so uh, look that after a couple of uh, real tough games for Tonga, um, that'll be uh, uh, a, a, a much better uh, game for them there. I think um, Ireland then against New Zealand, four fifteen a.m. New Zealand time. That should be um, a, a a cracking game, um, and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, to that one. Um, as uh, um, Con comes and joins me, how are you doing, sir? Very good, Paul. Very good. Um, I've been listening along. So uh, while I've been cooking, and uh, sorry, I'm sorry I'm late, um, but I thought you might need a little bit of company. I could, yes, the company, all the games live. And... Um, <laughs> and you've probably seen seen more rugby than I have at the weekend, to be honest. Um, I was catching up on highlights today as I was uh, cleaning bits of uh, bits of stables. <laughs> bits of stables. Um, well, um, sounds like dirty work, but um, look, I actually I was I was away. Uh, for a sort of a golf trip with mates on the weekend, so I missed a oh. few, but I did catch some of the games. And uh, and this is I do love my, uh, you know, as you can probably tell, I like my international rugby, and uh, I do love the autumn internationals. And so, um, obviously, the All Blacks game wasn't anything to get too excited about, but uh, yeah. it was it was a good it was a good start. You know, I don't think the USA game was really the start. It was kind of not even really an appetizer, um, but. Uh, um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty good. 
Well, we had the other USA, then Wales, and now and now Italy. Um, so yeah, three games. True, down. true. The Wales one was it? Yeah, the, yeah. Sounds ridiculous. Actually, it almost slipped my mind because because <laughs> you know what the Wales game was was one of the only games last week. Whereas it's great to have those sort of four or five, um, you know, tests. It's uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that that one was also, you know, not the greatest game. But Wales certainly fronted up this week and were probably a little bit unlucky not to not to take it. Yeah, I say a great turnaround, a really good turnaround for them um, after I say after that one, which is which what, what they need as well. Um, uh, Sometimes I think it's ridiculous. Top fourteen in the Premiership played matches last weekend. Yep, they do during the international windows and uh, the, 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 the English and the uh, French competitions. Uh, and look, they're going to carry on doing so um, there until we get a global season that's agreed that. Uh, Separates the uh, the year into club and non club and, and international rugby, like we have. Although Simon, in the southern hemisphere do, point of view. Sorry, excuse me, uh, Paul. Although you do get the benefit of you know, like, um, because of the way the English the Premiership works, you know that they, they and, and the fact that it, um, you know, if you look at the New Zealand equivalent, we've got the Super Rugby, but. We always talk about how important NPC is for having players that aren't in the, the international teams have something to do, and um, and the Premiership season is obviously really long. So uh, I, I kind of there's part of me that kind of likes the concept of you know the NRL has um, not that I'm a big NRL fan to be fair, um, but they obviously have periods of the year where some of the best players will be out, and the teams have to try and you know, have a little bit of the depth to accommodate it. And I guess it's the same with, with these 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 teams, you know. It's a test of what depth they have. And uh, sometimes, I guess, the the less stacked teams uh, with internationals uh, get up. But um, I guess if the Premiership only, in Paul, you'd know a bit more about this than me, but if the Premiership only played outside of the international window, um, and considering how long the international window is, you know, the UK has quite a lot, you know, you've got... Um, Six Nations. No, no, the, the, the Premiership has always has always overlapped in the windows. Uh, now, yeah. not they haven't, they haven't played every weekend, but they have had things like, well, we had the Anglo Welsh Cup in there, or the Amelin Cup for a while, and then they had a they had some they had a Premiership Cup, which was designed for the uh, sort of second string players. So uh, they they have tried various things in the past, but um, as I say, until you get uh, uh, the um, the better the, a better uh, what do you ever call it um, global window. Uh, global, global, global uh, yeah, global season put in place. It's it's still going to happen. Um, Simon's correction, corrections corner. Simon's uh, correcting me that Belgium in third division, not the uh, second division of European rugby. Thank you for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so be so. If Canada lose that game, then uh, it really is bad for them. But anyway, moving on to the other games. Then Portugal versus Japan. So uh, obviously Portugal after that win over Canada up against Japan. Obviously, you'd expect, this is uh, what you'd expect Japan to uh, to win. Um, but I think it's a great, uh, uh, a great test for Portugal um, to see where they are uh, against one of the top um, or the top uh, tier two um, team. Um, and then at uh, six thirty in the morning, England versus Australia um, will be a, a cracking one. Um, okay. England have had a warm-up game against uh, Tonga. Australia, as I was saying, that's uh, much um, well, disrupted team into this series of games, so it'll be interesting to see how they gel um, heading into that one. Um, they were pretty England. unlucky on the weekend. Did, did you catch the game? I, I did hear you speak about it before, but um, was that one you caught the highlights of? That's why I caught the highlights of, yeah. 
And what did you think of the um what did you think of the card? Oh, yeah, Actually, no, I no, I think I missed the highlights. I'm sorry, today. Okay, so I'll give you the, the play. Now, someone on the chat can tell me I'm full and I'm blind because I probably am, because I am, to be fair. Um, but uh, um, the card was Michael Hooper scored a try and Ala um, Alatoa, what is it? Uh, the, the correct pronunciation, Paul? Yep. Pronunciation? Can't even say that. Um, so uh, he, ah, he yes. came down... Um, I guess uh, into the into the breakdown, into the ruck, and I saw him planting his arm on the ground for stability. Now he might not have been doing that, but um, he made a you know the contact that he made with a player was probably with his arm here. It was very very light touch. Um, now I saw it in the highlights, so it was very fast. So I didn't see six different angles. Um, and uh, I actually watched part of the game, but I missed that part, and so I had to rewatch the highlights. And it looked to me from that that uh, it was a pretty tough call, and I'd be pretty upset if I was an Australian fan from what I saw. Um, so yeah, no, actually, I, I did see the highlights. Now you mentioned that instance. Yes, I did see it. Um, look, in a week where Carl Heyman has come out and said he is joining the litigation uh, mm. against unions in uh, um, Europe about. Uh, for because he's got early onset of dementia uh, and he's younger than me. Um, when we've had Dane Helmet Petty retire from the game at the age of 30, and let's be honest, he's hardly played for the last two years, it feels yes. like. Um, uh, so he's uh, so effectively retiring at the age of like 28 um, there through uh, through concussion um, symptoms or or head injury symptoms. Um, the we, we do have to protect the player's head. Having said that, you're right. It, 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 it probably just caught the guy's chin. Um, to say it was a swinging arm, uh, I think, was uh, yeah. incredibly harsh. Um, what's the difference between uh, if you're supposed to bind when you go into a ruck, then your arm's going to be swinging to a certain degree. And this wasn't swinging into someone's face um, deliberately. Uh, this one was, um, uh, as you, so yes, I get that um, it was probably as close. Um, as it um, as it could be, uh, but um, at the end of the day, if you're going to make contact with the head, with so much of this going on, whilst the Southern Hemisphere referees have looked to come up with as many excuses as possible not to give cards, the European referees um, have been um, trying to uh, um, have, sorry have been actually enforcing these cards and giving it out. So. It's one of the things that we said with Boa and um, uh, and, and Stephen earlier in the year was, look, when we come to this part of the year, we're going to see a bunch of cards for Southern Hemisphere players. Um, mm. And they're going to go, what? What's going on? Well, sorry, folks, but this is this is actually, this is referees um, applying the laws as World Rugby wants it to be done, mm. not as a union that's concerned about TV figures wants things to be done. I'm yeah, afraid. Fair, fair cool. And I think, um, and I think, uh, you know, you hate the don't hate the ref, hate the law potentially. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you know, I I am someone that, uh, you know, fundamentally, I, I I do agree with the direction that they're going. I think um, I think sometimes you still need to have a level of, I guess, pragmatism, uh, particularly when there's no intent. Now, now that's a little bit different for something <laughs> like someone someone sprinting at you know 
someone going for a shoulder charge and just clipping the shoulder on the way to the chin, you know, that's different, um, like we've seen with a couple of cards or yellow cards or near yellow cards or red cards um, like Kurodrani earlier in the season. Uh, I think something where you you have no intense a dangerous word in rugby now, um, it's, it's a loaded word, but I think something where, you know, you, you, you um, are carded for, for what is a, uh, you know, you didn't have control over, you know, what was happening or it was a complete and utter accident, um, you know, uh, is difficult. Like the, the part that I have the most difficulty with, Paul, is, is um, uh, when the, when the, uh, the, the, tackle, the, ta the tackled player is dipping down, you know, below the waist and then going into a tackle and, and, and a tackler has a shot, you know, ends up hitting them with their shoulder or their arm and hit them high. And you see cards for that. I, I have a lot of trouble with that because I think everyone, most people knows that, uh, most people know that there is a point where you can't drop any further, you know, and you can't drop out. It's not as if you can lift your arm or drop down or slide under under the ground. And and I think the, the I would say that World Rugby has probably been partially vindicated for their um, efforts around the high ball because people are treating it differently as a result of what they're doing. Still, you get some calls that are tough. Um, and maybe, you know, I think um, uh, the Geordie one with a leg, I can't even remember what the outcome of that was, but, um, you know, those types of things can be a little bit, um, you know, you can find yourself uh, feeling like they were a little bit hard done by. But I think they do need to do something about the dipping player because it could be used as a bit of a, a bit of a, um, a weapon. Um, if you get it, if if you're able to, I guess um, uh, obtain a card by dipping as low as you go, as low as you can, um, you know people will start to use it. It's my piece. Yeah, look, it's my rent. So, um, uh, I guess in response to your rant, um, uh, I think Geordie was um, was was entirely right to be carded um, and shouldn't have been let off in the um, judiciary um, hearing afterwards. Um, what they said was he overbalanced and therefore he was doing to balance himself. Well, yes, he did. But if you jump and you get you get your technique wrong, and your technique means there's a foot being put in, the, in put up in, in uh, head height, that's your fault for getting your technique wrong. I'm not saying he deliberately kicked the person in the face, but I am saying yeah. that uh, it's his his reason, it, his it's his fault for the foot being the way, where it was because he jumped wrong and, uh, and yeah. over over um, over rotated. Um, so yes, um, on, on on that one, um, I think this the. The um, Alan Alato one is different to what you're talking about there about the tackling one is he was clearing out the ruck. Mm. Um, now, one of the problems with the ruck nowadays is that nobody keep their, keeps their feet. Um, that's point. So everything is happening at about 6, 12 inches off the ground. Um, so there's very little of anything to actually hit <laughs> to clear out. Yeah. Um, so to me, yeah, the, the, the whole ruck is a mess. Um, and, and players need to be kept on their feet a lot more and get told to go over the ball rather than on top of it. Um, but um, uh, that's a that, that's another discussion for another time. Um, and if we're talking about yeah dipping, I mean it was um, uh, Tonga Fassi's one that um, we're talking about there, where um, yeah he didn't wrap the arm. So for me, for that one, he that yeah he, uh, again he didn't wrap the arm, so it should be a card. But the the, yeah, the because the player was going basically head first into him. Um, then that's uh, that, that, that's effectively the player's fault. You can't if your head's below your shoulders, then there's a pro, uh, not, uh, yeah, you probably shouldn't be allowed to run into a tackle with your head below your shoulders, basically. Yeah, or, or, um, or kind of below your waist, almost as the as, as you know, if, if your head's sort of if you're basically on a 90 degree angle, 
there's a good chance that that the because you're bending quite quickly. I think we, I think we all know that um, if you if you have well, I think most people would agree that um, you know at the full pace of the game, if you couldn't possibly avoid grabbing them high, it probably shouldn't be anything. I mean, I don't think I think where they've gotten to is they've gone. If you touch them in the head, it's a penalty regardless of the situation. Now you're lucky that you didn't get a get a card. I, I find that a bit difficult, but um, the same with players jumping into tackles and things like that. Like, uh, you know, that that kind of thing can be frustrating. Now I know that that sort of changed a little bit, but um, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's I, I I should say I sound like a, a whingy whingy sort of southern hemisphere um, person. I'm actually, you know, usually I I understand the world rugby's intent and and kind of they have to do it. They have to do something. It's just, um, I, I think there's a little bit more nuance and, and pragmatism that needs to be added. Um, yeah, these guys train 38 hours a week or 30 odd hours a week. Uh, so they need to get it right. Um, and uh, too often we've got, uh, I, uh, I remember that um, oh, gone, uh, Nigel Owens saying how he got um, hoodwinked by uh, James Haskell once. But, oh, sorry, I was accidentally there. I didn't mean to be there. Uh, and he's like, no, he meant to be there. He wasn't accidentally there, um, mm. and I, I should have carded him, um, but I only penalised him. Um, and I, yes, he, he pulled the wool over my eyes that once, and uh, so I didn't let that happen again. Um, yeah, these players are intentionally in these positions. That's how they train, uh, and they need to train to be in a different place uh, at the end of the day um, mm. for a lot of this stuff. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the England-Australia game at 6.30, um, then uh, on Sunday morning, moving on then to Monday, uh, France versus Georgia at 2 a.m., Good to see Georgia getting a tier one game, but let's yep. be honest, um, I'm not sure that any of us will be getting up uh, and uh, expecting much from that game. Um, and uh, at 4.15 on Monday morning, Wales versus Fiji. So another one that's probably a highlights rather than a, a get up a get up for um, in that one. Um, the uh, uh, We'll see with them. Uh, but yeah, so it'd be good, good to see how Fiji go. I think it's good that they've had that warm-up game ahead of this game. Um, in this mm. one, um, Alternate's problem is if teams do not push it, they will lose badly. Uh, well, um, I guess this comes down to um, uh, this. This this is where we come. This is where we have a problem, which is where we get say where, where we have laws in the game, and then when the referees actually strictly enforce them, we all they all go, oh, but it's he's blowing the whistle every two seconds, um, so he should let the game game flow. Um, well, if you let the game flow, then people start cheating um, uh, and because they know they can get away with it if it's not interfering or significantly interfering with play. Um, air quotes there for those of you on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, to me, I, I wish the referees would blow everything and I think players would become a lot cleaner, very a lot quicker. Um, I, I very quickly, over about two or three weeks, uh, it would all change. But um, unfortunately, the uproar in those two or three weeks would probably kill that directive, unfortunately. I'm not sure if it would have in that quick fall. I think with the change between domestic, top tier, international, I think people, you know, can you recall something interesting happened in the 2019 World Cup where they were very harsh in the pools of the of the World Cup. There mm -hmm. was average of sort of three cards a game or something like that, average of three yellow cards a game. I could be talking shit there, but it was very, very high. And then everyone 
maybe there was backlash, but then uh, the the um, quarterfinals came around, and there were there was almost no cards for the rest of the quarter, for the rest of the bloody um, World Cup. Now, was that that people adapted? You might say that. So I, I think it was that they they toned it back a bit. Uh, that made a point. Uh, and they toned it back a bit, but I'd actually, I probably like to. Someone's probably written an article. Maybe you've written an article, Paul. Um, <laughs> I'd like to actually go back and uh, and see what that was because you, you, your argument could be sound that maybe that those pulls forced people to change their their ways. Argentina were, you know, got a couple of tough calls and actually lost against France, and which ended their World Cup. Um, so uh, where they could have won uh, that game against France. Um, and then I think a lot of teams started to, you know, they were worried. There was a lot of articles. There was a lot of noise about it. Um, but I felt at the time that they toned it back for the quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah, so, they probably did. I, I think uh, it's the wrong time to be trying to change people's behaviour is at the at the pinnacle, uh, at the big event. By then, you've done all your training, right? Um, so you're not going to change behaviour. Well, coaches aren't going to have, have, are going to want to have had the behaviours that they want instilled by then so trying to change behaviors on the fly uh during a during the preeminent tournament isn't the best time to do it but anyway um it is kind of what it is uh and um well uh, it's never going to change but what i think one of the one problem that we do definitely have in rugby at the moment is that there seems to be more talk about referees after the game than there is about the rugby that's being played um in, in in quite a lot of cases so that's a problem and when we've got South Africa, for example, this weekend having um, uh, having videos up saying, oh, this disallowed try shouldn't have been disallowed. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You look at the video and go, well, yes, it should. <laughs> your video actually proves the fact that it was the correct call. Oops, um, but that doesn't was, feed into the South African... The Springbok narrative at the moment, which is the world's against us. Um, it's all being the, the 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 authorities don't want us to win, um, which is the the narrative that is, yeah. is there at the moment. I um, think that you're you're right. The the I'm not. I don't want to slag off our South African listener uh, listeners. <laughs> sorry, uh, but you know there is a certain. Um, kind of uh and on uh in a certain level of discourse online the circle freeze frame circle three red circles on a on a on a still is is something you keep seeing and i think it's gone from the days of people blowing up due to a a a difficult um red card 
or a, a couple of difficult yellow cards um, that really do affect a game. Like we saw in the Scotland-Australia game, a, a, a controversial single to um, uh, blowing up over, over a breakdown call. You know, uh, you know, over a, penal, a penalty that you know in the, the, the beginning of the game, because um, they thought that a player, um, yes. Uh, so, um, what I what I find interesting is you know that a lot of the calls that I've seen in some of these videos were um, oh Boa here he is. Better well, than well, never Good evening, Boa. As you've, you've moved from the uh, big sound system back into the garage. Um, so uh, a studio move yeah i have unfortunately well fortunately unfortunately just was running online course for some of the coaches so i needed a bit of space i hope everyone is well and i hope everyone is safe thanks paul the um and as, uh, i totally agree yes thank you though i've not actually mentioned that yeah i hope yes do, do hope everyone is safe um uh, during these tough times uh, so yeah talking about referees is my least favorite thing about rugby absolutely mm. and uh so, and so increased. We'll, 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 you have, you're right, Paul, just to threat that. It so we'll definitely be watching that now that, uh, now that Bo has joined us. Um, <laughs> well, if, if, if I can get a word in, um, yeah. look, th th look, there is a genuine effort to improve this. Uh, and I, I, you know, I've, I've got nothing but admiration for referees, particularly the community level. The problem is in test level, given the amount of scrutiny, um, and, and, and let's think about it this way, guys. I mean, in a professional league, if a player or a group of players have a, a really bad game, I guarantee you next game, they'll probably get the chop or get dropped. Uh, but for some reason, uh, when it comes to officials, uh, the same level of scrutiny doesn't apply. And we've, and we've seen some horrendous errors. Now, I know no one actually goes out there to... Uh, commit these errors, but there's a significant amount of time and resources applied by World Rugby to develop and train these uh, referees. The most frustrating part in the wider rugby community, particularly its fans, is that these errors keep committing. Uh, the, you know, there's a repetition and there's no end to it. And we did see some, you know, pretty bad howlers over the weekend. Um, so, you know, we just have to wait and see because we have a number of uh, some of the more seasoned pros uh, leaving. And there are some really good referees knocking on the door, particularly at first class level right around the world. So let's mm. just hope for the best and see what comes end of the line. It is just to and, comment on that. Oops, sorry, poke our head. But... No, go on. I was going to take it a different different direction. Come Just very, yeah, continuing to talk about your favorite topic, Paul. Um, I mean, just on that part, I've seen... Um, over the years, the really big calls that have tremendous effect um, on a game, and I'm thinking the 2015 World Cup quarterfinal, Scotland Australia, um, that uh, that um, offside that wasn't offside, um, or the 2017 um, final, uh, slightly biased here, but 2017 uh, final Lions game, you know, really uh, tough call. I think. You you know that the ref, regardless of the fact that World Rugby is silent, you know that the ref probably cops a lot of heat. The problem is that no one says anything. But on the other hand, I wonder what what, what could say if World Rugby comes out. If World Rugby sometimes they do come out, but they don't come out on Monday or Sunday night and go, "We screwed up." Whoops! Scotland should have won. They should be in the semi. But hey, that's what it is, because they almost well, need to let the fans. Actually, sort of let's let's rewind that. Because I mean, the so the Lions won. They didn't. 
and yeah, I get I, I get that one. Um, the to me, the Scotland Australia one in real time, it's a um, I, I have no problem with this call. It's very very difficult to spot. Um, it's only it's only when you start doing slow mo and um, and TMOs that you actually spot the offside uh, in that one. It's 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 a, to me it's a very tight one. Now they did throw um, Joubert, wasn't it, Bo? Right? Yeah, yeah, Craig Joubert. Craig Joubert, and, and he kept it straight um, after. He kept it straight after, and that added real to the fire. That, that did, um, but he he got thrown under the bus by by Wardrobe afterwards. They went and said yep, no. They, they they came out on that one and said he got that wrong. Well, he um, got a promotion out of it. Well, yeah, he, he, he got, a, well, he got the, promoted media, promoted upstairs but, to the to the desk. Um, but I guess that is, you know, to me, what they do there when they have at times said, look, it was an error. And people and referees will make errors. I think that's about, you know, that's what they should do. How much further could they really go? You know what I mean? Because so what I, mean, I think the problem is, yeah. is, is we know there's a process that happens, right? But we don't get told what that process is. Now, if, if if someone actually would explain that uh, what the, what 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 the process is, then we would actually then some some of us commentators. Would actually know. Uh, well, I mean, not okay, some some um, pundits would actually know what it was. But anyway, I want to move off this one because we've we've we've, we've um, we'll just go round and round in circles. We're talking about games from uh, uh, two thousand and well, or nineteen. What about five. the two thousand and seven? Qu- no, I'm just kidding. Keep going. Um, the, um, no, 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 I started on that. <laughs> no, we'll go. We'll go back to two thousand and three in the second half of the uh, World Cup final where. Um, where, where, where not one single scrum penalty went England's way, yet England was the dominant scrum. But anyway, um, the Nocturne, uh, Nocturne right says positive ref story was the one for the North Northland Hawks Bay game. Forgot her name. Sorry, her name is T- Tiana and and Wati, and I'm, I've probably pronounced it wrong. And she gave a yellow card as well. So good on her um, on that one. Um, the uh, but um, talking of females in. Rugby. Let's uh, move on to the Blackfords. Oh, did you like that segue? Oh, beautiful, well done, smooth. Paul. You should be. Um, you should be on TV One News, mate. TV. <laughs> so let's run through the uh, the women's results from um, the uh, the weekend. Um, and uh, we had um, uh, the USA losing to Canada um, thirteen to uh, twenty six. Um, so the Canada getting the double over um, the USA there. France, unsurprisingly, beating South Africa 46-3 to um, three, uh, in that one. Um, South, South Africa do not have a... I mean, South Africa um, decided not to send their women to the uh, the Olympics, even though they qualified because they didn't think they would get a, get a medal. So uh, a, real, a real show um, on that one. Um, the um, uh, Then uh, um, Wales women beat Japan 23-5. Um, to uh, five. That's a good result for, um, for 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 Wales, obviously. And Wales get more uh, more games, but they are amateur. Um, they are about to start getting contracted, but mm. but uh, not on a huge amount of money. Um, Looking um, going forwards, and then that uh, England versus uh, New, um, New Zealand result, fifty six to fifteen, a uh, two weeks on the trot where there's been record defeats of for the um, Black Ferns um, in this one. Um, and I think a, a real show that, uh, uh, that that England, with the um, uh, the uh, premiers, um, um, not the premiers, I've got it's called now, 
uh, the yeah, Premier 15s um, and uh, France with their women's league, where they've got four season long professional leagues, have really taken this, taken the women's rugby to another level, haven't they, Bill? Oh, no question. And look, first of all, congratulations to the England women. It was, uh, wow, it was absolute toweling. I did, mm. I mean, I did expect the English women to win, but not to that extent. And I have to say, the Ferns were lucky. The, the score could have easily, easily been 70, 80 points. Was that, this English woman's side, was that good? And for me, the moment of the match was that young English winger um, smoking Portia Woodman. Wow. I never, ever thought I would see uh, that day, but it happened. Um, and of course, you know, it's a reflection on what you call run on form. The form line has been terrific for this English woman. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're fully open to uh, the advents of professionalism. And to me, it very much looked at a haphazard fire Palmer uh, combined 15 against a well-drilled, thoroughly coached, and most importantly, tactically very accurate English women's side. So for the Ferns, back to the drawing board, it's probably a good thing the World Cup has been postponed by a year because had it been this year, boy, we would have been in some serious trouble. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not all bad news. Sometimes uh, you learn more from your defeats. And, um, you know, once you cop a 50-point hiding, you know, this would have really hurt the girls' pride. So hopefully they'll learn more from this. And uh, for me, the real alarming factor was we got completely out-muscled in the physicality department. That's it. We did have a, a number of young players being blooded. So the heat will be on the girls to deliver. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think the driving mall, uh, you know, just obliterated them. Like they got... I think it was at four, four, four tries, maybe five tries or, or something like that from the driver mall, and it was just four tries. Yeah, it was just, um, you know, you can, you can, you could see that the Black Ferns were uh, once they got was it? I think it was three tries in fifteen minutes or something like that. Um, I'm, I might be mixing up the games, but um, they were a little bit down. The yellow card was was also pretty pretty tough, as in it might have been tough to be a yellow penalty try. Um, close one uh the kendra cox she just didn't was a bit confused but that might be some good acting um but uh the they really needed and uh they just obviously so week one driver more played a big part week two played an even bigger part they obviously would have tried to practice defending it they would have known it was coming and they just couldn't stop it and that is a bit of a worry so um you know if they've got any hope of giving them trouble in the world any all the other teams in the, the women's teams in world rugby will be looking at that and going we have to we have to be able to defend against it um because it was just a it was just a surefire try they got down there they could get if, if they got the the line out and they did trouble the Blackfern's line out a little bit that um, uh, they could, they could, if they got a mall, they could just push it over. If they got a yeah, penalty, a sorry. Like, got, yeah. Go ahead, Bart. Yeah, with a player like Kendra Coxage, uh, who I rate as one of the most intelligent players in world rugby, both in men's and women's, you, know, you really have to utilize the tactical kicking out of hand, making sure you play in the right part of the field. Trying to play this whole run at all cost game to me makes very little sense. And against a very, very accurate English side, uh, you make an error, you make an unforced error, all you're doing is giving them opportunity. And in this instance, uh, four to five opportunities where they put it, finger into the corner, set up a driving wall, beautiful fishtail, we had no answer. Uh, we were a bit lost when it came on how to defend the wall. It would have been a lot easier 
had the ferns decided to have a no contest more and actually go around and look to play the ball, but they didn't do that. They're very upright. So, you know, it just showed a lot of flaws in the planning side of it. And and at times they looked a little bit shell-shocked, almost like a fish out of water. Yeah. And just to ask a question, um, is it, this is pure speculation, pure con speculation, but um, uh, it doesn't seem like England have put as much emphasis on sevens as New Zealand has. You know, it's a big deal um, and uh, uh, for us, and we obviously uh, won the gold, so brilliant, and so it paid off, and that's probably what a lot of these players have spent a lot of their time doing this year. Um, has that played a part in, 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 in what's happened uh, in this, these two games? I think, look, clearly New Zealand do, do yeah, have prioritised the uh, sevens over 15s. We've seen some of the sort of things happen in Canada and USA. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, the, the amount of effort that goes into this one, I mean, uh, Science of England have a women's premiership and play the women's Six Nations, right? Uh, the Black Ferns do, do not have an annual competition, full stop. Um, so England are guaranteed five, five internationals a year straight away with the Six Nations. Now, the Black Ferns are not guaranteed any games a year. There is no, we, well, I mean, they, they try and organise games against Wallaroos. They try and put, a get, put together a November tour. They occasionally get some teams, um, European teams come over during mid-year, but there's no guarantee. Um, and Simon says then uh, also that uh, hope, so hopefully that Pacific Four will help to um, to close that gap. Super Rugby here, though, is going to be four games, right? Um, the Women's Premiership, well, the England women are playing 20 professional games between now and the um, uh, now the Rugby World Cup next year. Our girls will play four. Um, uh, in in that time, so uh, look, the whilst Super Rugby, Apaki, uh, 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 I've, I've gone blank to the name now. Apaki is right. Um, is a step forward. Um, it is a very small step forward, um, and there is a long, long way to go um, to uh, for it to be anything like the um, the Premier Fifteens that uh, that is happening um, over in. Um, over in uh, over in England, look, the English team, um, yeah, were the better side, uh, and this is but the, these are some of the reasons behind it. Um, on this one, um, it'll give them a shake the, up, though. It'll give the New Zealand team, New Zealand rugby, they I mean, it's record losses, World Cup's coming. Um, it might be a good thing, you know, if, if this test didn't go ahead for COVID reasons or something like that, you know, the battering would have come in two in a, in a year and a bit's time, so it might be a good thing for them. Yeah, I think it's one of the one of the silver linings, and you're right, Paul. I think the quantum and the volume of uh, Super Rugby Alpaki is probably on the lighter side. Maybe they need to have another round because the talent pool, the size of the talent pool, is probably you know bang on. Uh, but given that the particular the English women they play, I think is it, it's something like eighteen to tw or twenty two, somewhere in, somewhere in the middle, mm -hmm. uh, the amount of games. So that's a high volume of high performance footy. So this is going to be a bit of a concern. We do have a very good high-performance program, both for men and women, in the 15s and 7s, quite well-defined. But nothing replaces the ability to get run on game, game time, sheer minutes under your belt. And I think that's what is going to hurt the Ferns going forward. Unless, of course, we, saw, we see some uh, you know, tinkering with this uh, Super Rugby Apaki. Yeah, look, mm -hmm. and, and you could, I mean, remember the, I mean, the, the 
the uh, the fifteens competition, uh, the, the the Premier Fifteens in uh, in England. Um, there are about half the USA team, or or perhaps slightly less than that, uh, internationals play in that. Um, the all the Welsh girls, or a lot of the Welsh girls play in that. A lot of the uh, some of the Scottish girls and the Irish girls do as well. So um, a there's a lot of players. Uh, so it's not just the English uh, international players in there. Um, it's all the other ones. Um, it, it's it's for these other countries as well. Whereas the um, here, it's just going to be uh, the, uh, the 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 key. Is one maybe Australian player who's signed up for it from from memory? That I remember remember seeing. Um, but on the whole, it's going to be the 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 just one international team in there, rather than the four or five international teams that are all in that um, the Premier Premier Fifteens. And just mean simple things to do. I mean, it, it comes down to money at the end of the day, right? They basically have said we can't. We well, we we're not. We can't afford. We're not willing to put the money into it that will allow a full season's worth of rugby, um, or, or uh, for, for for the women at professional level. Um, but I mean, simple things like Australia have had Super W for four or five years now. Um, so they they so why don't we have a final between the head of the winner of Super W and the winner of Super Super Rugby Alpaki? I mean, mm-hmm. one game. It's not that's not going to cost a lot of money, um, and it, it, it's a step towards that Trans Tasman. Rivalry and, and and getting that going. Um, would the Kiwi side win? Probably. I mean, we, as we've seen between the uh, Black Ferns and the Wallaroos in recent years, but it's still it's another game. It's a bit more preparation. It's a final, which you kind of uh, that kind of um, uh, that, that that kind of uh, intensity or of, of scrutiny ahead of the game, etc. This kind of stuff you need you need to get practice of um, um, as well. The other side of it is well, the direction that this is heading. It's concerning, and and, and I'm gonna. Uh, the reason why I say that is that the support was excellent for the English uh, for the for the women's game. If you saw the stadium was it wasn't they weren't you know using Tokenham though they were at a different stadium, and I thought the crowd was was great, um, and uh, you know um, we don't tend to get those types of crowds here uh, for our for our um, for, for our uh, the, the Black Ferns. Now, maybe when England come, it is a bit a, a, a better crowd, but um, two games really, really well supported. That's money. That's um, That translates to more support, more games. You know, the commercials go up, more money. You know, that's what they need. And I think, uh, um, you know, we haven't hit that yet with getting the, you know, um, the level of local support uh, for the for the for the Black Ferns um, that we need, but also okay, where do they try and play those games, and how do compared to how New Zealand rugby try to play the Black Ferns games? So, where have those games been played? They've been played at Sandy Park in Exeter, um, with a ground capacity of around eleven twelve thousand, mm. and um, at Northampton Saints ground again, similar capacity around about twelve thousand or so, right? Whereas, what does New Zealand rugby try and do with Black Ferns? Oh, we try and make a as a double header at Eden Park with and try and get 45,000 people to turn up early for um, two hours early for a game. Sorry, no, that's not going to work. Um, and so if you want to try and do it, you've got to take it out to go and take it to um, uh, to, to Hawke's Bay, take it down to, um, to um, uh, down, down, down to Tasman. Tasman were hoping to have, have a, um, a, uh, a Black Ferns versus England the other year. Um, but that didn't go go ahead. Um, 
the so look, we need to take it out to these places and stop trying to get it. Stop trying to put it in the big stadiums. If you're going to have it in Auckland, play in an Albany stadium. Don't play yeah. it. Um, no, that's that's probably what uh, I think. Exactly. You, you know, a small stadium because it doesn't look attractive when you've got. You know, you you can't tell how many people there are, but you know, it's majority not empty. Not, there yeah. might be three thousand, four thousand people there. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's an, unfortunately it's a little bit of a turn off, and it's a real shame because you know they are trying. They want they want the crowds there, and the, and and I think I understand the logic with having the pre match because it's to try and it's a bit of a sample, you know. They're trying to give a bit of a sample. People come along, they might catch the second half and go, oh, this is fucking great rugby. And that's the thing that um, the the match on on uh, Sunday morning was excellent. Like the quality of the rugby is is, is really really good. So. Um, I think most of the fans that might have tuned in, uh, having a bit of pa- English fans, having a bit of patriotism there, um, as that's what does get a lot of us to watch watch some games, uh, would have thought that the, it was very impressive rugby and will be tuning in to the next ones if they haven't seen it before. Um, also, everyone loves to see their team win. So, yeah, I think um, that what I was saying originally is that doesn't bode well for New Zealand because I'm very positive about the commercial side of things with England because it's great. It's great for the women's game and and that's going to be um, um, good internationally. But it, but if uh, if they have a great commercial situation and we continue to have a not so good one, it could be a problem. It'll it'll continue to create a gulf. Yep. Um, something we forgot to talk about uh, earlier on, but congratulations to um, Aaron Smith um, and his uh, wife um, Tegan. Um, on the uh, birth of um, Leo uh, and uh, great to hear that uh, uh, mum and son, um, mum and baby are both doing well uh, as, as far as we've heard. So that's great to hear. So congratulations on that one. Um, going so well that uh, Aaron Smith uh, has uh, been called up and um, is heading off up to France. Oh, sorry, up to France, up to, up to the UK, um, up to Ireland. Um, not the UK at all, jeez. I'll get myself um, myself shot. Um, so, um, up to the um, uh, up, to, up to Ireland to play um, uh, to, to be to cover because Brad Weber uh, has uh, uh, had a concussion and he's out of um, uh, contention, I believe. Uh, so he had his injury cover. Look, he's not played rugby since about round three, round of of um, the NPC, um, where I think it was. I think he might have had a uh, an injury. Um, of um, uh, of some sort uh, in that one, so I can't see him uh, uh, playing unless there's another injury. Um, but um, yeah, you've got to have a backup. You know, you got to have three scrum halves in case other one falls over. Um, but... Yeah, look, look. To be frank, I I wouldn't be surprised if he starts off the bench because uh, you know, yes, it's a bit of injury cover, but high performance and particularly our marquee players are monitored quite heavily. Uh, particularly with their off-field training regime. So he'll be ready. There's no question about it. He would have met the fitness criteria. He would have done a couple of Broncos prior to uh, leaving. So the thumbs up would have come from uh, coaching staff. And, uh, and of course, this shows how serious the All Blacks are, particularly uh, Ian Foster, because uh, anything but a good win won't be enough to pacify some of the naysayers of what, you know, the, the Foster fan club, so to speak. Um, and of course, it'll be a good game because Ireland, uh, you know, it's a test match. It's a test, a proper test match. And Ireland in Dublin are a very difficult and tough proposition. So, um, yeah, look, uh, it's, uh, I, I think it's a great sign. And um, he might show his hand, uh, I mean, without getting ahead of ourselves, 
maybe a week from this Saturday against France, which is probably what the All Blacks are planning for. Um, dear Prudence, uh, Ireland's not a team to get complacent about. Absolutely, it's not. You're quite right. And they had a fantastic, uh, they cracking game last weekend uh, now against Japan as well. So, look, they've had a good run out. And they've got some, um, uh, they've, uh, they're a good side uh, and not to be complacent. But let's be clear here. Um, uh, the, the New Zealand public, public will not accept another loss from the All Blacks this year. Um, Ian Foster's had his one loss he's allowed, which was against the Springboks. Um, and uh, the New Zealand public fully expect him to win against Ireland and France. Um, and anything less than that, we'll see people calling for his head. Um, uh, no, not literally, obviously figuratively, as in um, getting sacked. Uh, even if he wins these two games, people are still not going to be um, happy uh, and, and, and fully convinced with him um, as, as a head coach. But uh, they are slowly having to give him some begrudging uh, respect for how he's brought through some players uh, on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he, he, yeah. No, Paul, look, I, 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 there, there is. I can assure you, there there is no complacency. There won't be any complacency. This 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 game and the next, without getting ahead of anyone, um, they're taking this very very seriously. I think uh, the All Blacks will run on their best best side, no question, and they will want to really make a statement. So there's no complacency. Uh, so uh, the extreme end of this is: don't be surprised if uh, the All Blacks put on a, a sterling performance. And we know that the All Blacks, when they run their top side, they don't have two average games back to back. The, hist the historical statistical pattern clearly shows that. So based on that, I think we can look forward to it. Um, and again, look, the, the, the naysayers, <laughs> the Ian Foster fan club will not accept an accidental win over Ireland. They have to turn up the goods and uh, if you recall the last time the All Blacks met Ireland, which was in the World Cup quarterfinal, we all remember what happened. And that is the level of expectation uh, or the weight of expectation on Foster's shoulders. So there'll be a lot of pressure. He will run his best possible site. And I am expecting uh, a, a good, very good competitive test. Uh, but All Blacks to come out with the goods. Yeah, look, we, we, this this was a definitely an experimental team. Uh, what's my? Uh, um, I mean, I, I I said there would be some like seventeen changes. The the, the the worst, something like that. We are going to see the Welsh team twenty three run out again. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be a complete change. The only exception might be that Sam Kane might get included somewhere. Um, otherwise, this to me is is the same the same twenty three that played against Wales. Um, barring injury, obviously, because uh, obviously Brad has got a concussion, so he also needs to be replaced. Um, so um, yeah, it will be a uh, that's um, uh, the, 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 these games are, these, these next two games are going to be take, taken exceptionally um, seriously. Uh, don't worry about that one. Um, LB asked in the um, chat. He said, "Are the top um, ten women's teams um, professional?" So if we look at the top women's rankings, it goes England, New Zealand, Canada, France. Australia, USA, Italy, Ireland, Scotland, and Spain are the uh, top 10. So Wales, for example, South Africa um, are not in the uh, top 10 um, teams in the world. Uh, look, England, yes, they're professional. Um, France, yes, they're professional. All those other teams, no, they're not. Put bluntly. Um, so no, there is nowhere near the top 10. The, the Black Ferns 
are not full-time professionals. We had Chelsea Alley uh, come out and say she has got five jobs um, and she is a starting Blackford uh, in the 15s code, right? Um, first choice one. So, um, so look, guys, uh, no, uh, it is, it's got a long way to go yet um, uh, on, um, uh, on that one. Um, lastly, then, uh, Bunnings MPC. Um, this coming weekend, uh, uh, I've not really sort of run through last weekend's games, but this, um, I think we'll end up with the, uh, kind of what we expect. So, Manawa 2 uh, um, hosting Otago on uh, Friday night. That's the uh, 7 o'clock game uh, in the, um, the the championship. Um, the um, And the other championship game is uh, clearly Taranaki versus Southland um, at uh, 2 p.m. on Saturday. Um, Boa, very, I'll be very surprised we don't see Manawa 2 and Taranaki coming through those two games uh, and meeting in the final. Yep. Well, um, I'm actually going to go for the Otago and Taranaki oh. double. Oh, there we go. Um, the um, I mean, Manawa 2 uh, have been having a, a, a decent season. Um uh, finished with four wins and four losses. Uh, yeah, Targo three wins and four losses. So, uh, I guess yeah, similar records um, there with that one. So um, we'll see. But uh, Targo were minus twenty six points. Manawa two up up ten over their games. So we'll see. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I think Manawa two. All right. So that, that, that's how I see that one panning out. But uh, we'll we'll see who gets it right. The the Oracle Boa or the um, guesstimate um, Paul. Um, Moving on then to the uh, the Premiership side of things and um, the uh, our, um, oops, our our two games uh, there in that one uh, Hawks Bay versus uh, Tasman um, at uh, four thirty five down in Napier. Now look, Hawks Bay uh, have been the pick of the Premiership, so uh, it's hard to look past them. Um, but both sides have because we're running so late in the season uh, and players have had overseas contracts. Both sides will be missing players. Um, on this one, but Hawks Bay, look, they've continued their record, only losing to Taz, to, um, to Taranaki in their opening game of the season. So, um, uh, so even with those players lost, they've they've, they've done very well. And then the uh, second game sees Waikato versus Canterbury. Whoa, that's a cracker um, <laughs> in Rotorua at seven o'clock. Um, during the um, regular season, um, they when they met. Um, the uh, score in that one was 19 to 20 with um, Canterbury coming out one point ahead. Uh, look, this one is going to be a close one. It's going to be a, a score either way. But I think Canterbury probably come in with slightly better, slightly better form into this game. Uh, yeah, no, no question, no question. The double there, Hawks Bay and Canterbury. So with the quadrilla of Otago, uh, Taranaki, Canterbury and uh, Hawks Bay. I think, yeah, you're right. Hawks Bay for me has been the one team. They've played so consistently with their attack patterns. Taranaki, obviously, other side, you know, they're very adventurous. They like to throw the ball out wide. Very good throwing passes in front of uh, the man running on, and that's what has led to uh, the most line breaks in this season as well. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the closer, one of the closer games is probably going to be the Waikato versus um, Canterbury, but I, I, I like what I'm seeing from this Canterbury side. I think they have ironed out some of their misfires and the a lot better from a tactical point of view. Uh, and we know what Canterbury sides once they get their mojo back. So 
I'm sticking with those two teams and let's go for that quadrilla and best of luck to everybody. Quadrilla, that sounds like Godzilla, some sort of uh, some sort of Japanese um, uh, uh, disaster movie um, <laughs> going on there. So four, um, four together, yeah. So two small unions um, are where we're backing to be hosting the final um, over in um, uh, the over in the Naki uh, and um, down there in the uh, in the Bay, and we can call them the Bay after they beat um, Bay of Plenty earlier this year. Um, so that's where we we're, we're backing those two. Um, I'm not sure when's the last time that we had uh, two finals in small, both in small. Um, uh, will, will be interesting to, to to figure that one out. Actually, with Tasman hosting, it probably isn't that long ago to be honest, because Tasman's not exactly a big um, a big province either. So, um, so it's not probably as, as long ago as I'm, as as, uh, as I'd like to think. But uh, but there we go. So two two of the smaller um, provinces, which will be good good nights for those two. A real big shame that uh, the Naki doesn't really have a. Um, a proper stadium at the moment due to earthquake issues um so uh but uh yeah shame on that one um thank you very much for joining me boa thank everyone for joining uh, joining us in the live chat look um uh i say we've been yes i've been a bit off and uh, not been on as frequently uh, uh over this last week but um looking forward to getting back on this weekend with some post-match reactions uh, and boa is uh, got a little word to have with us well, if you followed my tips last week on the money again, Scotland, the Brave Hearts, they upset the Wallabies. Again, Statsman and the Statsbird pattern strikes. So again, this week, I'm going to give you a little gem. I'm going to go with Scotland again. I really like their form line. I love what they're seeing. And of course, for me, the highlight of the week was Finn Russell, the talisman for the Scots, sorting out the water boy from the Wallabies running onto the field and trying to make a nuisance. Now, I don't condone what he did. He actually shoved him. But I think that sent a real clear message because this is starting to become a real nuisance. Some of these, if, if we actually take put a GPS on some of these physios and water boys, they would be having more run meters on the field than some of the players themselves. So I think this sends a really clear message. Uh, so this week we'll go, I think, uh, Scotland again. And I have a sneaky little feeling Finn Russell will have a say probably in the last few minutes, kicking a penalty to win them the game. So the quarter wow. plus Scotland, that's five. All the best, everyone, and enjoy Scotland, the games. Scotland against Africa there. Look, see, what, 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 I, what I would do is I would say no water boys allowed on the pitch except for after tries, right? And that way, yes, physios obviously have to be allowed on the pitch, but some water boys, I don't see why they need to go on the pitch um, outside of after tries, we didn't used to. I mean, players used to be able to play a full forty minutes without a drink. Um, I can't see. I, I don't think that. Uh, obviously, if, if the if you're in hot weather protocols, fine. But in the but in um, uh, in the UK or in Ireland or France in November, you don't need <laughs> to be uh, having a drink every two minutes. Um, so no water boys except for when there is a try would be how I would sort that one out. To be honest, um, I agree. Thank you, Boa. Thank you, Con, who joined us earlier. Um, all have a uh, cracking um, time, and uh, I'll see you all next week at uh, 8 p.m. on Tuesday. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.